Thank you for listening to the new Rise FM. I am Scott, and I'm here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. And no, you didn't oversleep. <laughs> it, it really is afternoon, and I usually have Tom in here with me Thursday mornings at 9 for the session. But in light of what has happened in Texas, the tragic events that have happened in Texas, I thought it was important to bring Tom in this afternoon so that we could have a talk about this tragedy. Right. And knowing that your kids are coming home from school and may have questions. Right. So we wanted to take just a couple of minutes this afternoon and talk about what is appropriate as far as what should you be talking to your kids about? How do you address their questions? Right. So let's let's just start with that, Tom. When they come home and they say, Mommy, what about... Right. Where do we go? Well, and Scott, for one, we can't shield our children from hearing about mass shootings and violence against innocents because, remember, their peers are their priority, and they're going to hear it in the, their school anyway from their friends if nobody else. So why don't we get them, take care of them as best we can? But how should we, uh, we talk to them? So number one, it starts with our children will pick up on how we are feeling about it. If we are anxious, for one, if we are very upset about it, angry about it, they're going to pick up on that and they might find that to be appropriate. So we want to be prepared in the first place as we begin to talk to them about those very things. We want to take time to deal with our own emotions about it. We want to put it in perspective. We want to go before the Lord about it and praying for the families, praying for the safety of our family long before we talk to our children so they have some idea. So we should have we should be prepared first. Right. And then when our kids come home and they say, Mommy, what about? And then you can talk to them about the shooting and, and in a way that's appropriate for them. And that's probably the next step, Tom, is what what is appropriate for, let's say, an elementary student? I think one of the guidelines that you want to find, and particularly as a parent, is appropriate in this tragic situation, but it's also good parenting to understand the emotional developmental stages of your child. Now, you don't have to be a psychologist. You don't have to be a counselor. But you know what? All parents use a little bit of psychology anyway. So Erickson's eight stages of emotional development can be looked up. That would be really important. If there was another theory that the parents should have some understanding of would be Piaget's cognitive learning. Bless you. <laughs> there I went through another one of those 25-cent words that... Yeah. Piaget began to talk about the development of how a person thinks. And as an example, when can a young person begin to theorize? When can they begin to picture in their mind that mommy is at work, she's going to be home, she'll fix dinner, you know, life will be good tonight. How old are they when they can do that? Typically, when we talk about young children, probably... Most young ladies, by the time they're eight, nine, they're pretty much able to. Boys are a little bit behind the curveball there. They may be more like 10, maybe 11 before they can do it. Although I would also throw this in, that high-functioning young men probably would be in eight or nine, and maybe even high-functioning young ladies, seven or eight where they can begin to conceptualize and they can picture in their mind these things that are going on. So anyway, it's understanding that. Based on those theories, one of the ones that we want definitely to look at, if we're talking 
birth to three years old. Children won't understand. I don't think there's any purpose necessarily in that young. We want to avoid exposure to the media. Some would think, well, my baby's a year and a half old. It's not going to bother him. I wouldn't suggest that to be true. I don't think so. I think it can. There's, there's enough research that's been done about babies in the womb and being impacted by what they hear and experience with how mom's feeling. So I, there's every reason to think they could. And there's great implication keeping them away from the media in the first place. And I think that's really important. But they'll start hearing about it probably in preschool. If they're, if they're preschoolers or kindergarten, they're probably going to hear about it in one form or fashion. Right. And they may see maybe their school resource officer is more uh, visible. Yeah. Four to eight years old. For many children, it's important to keep the information brief and simple. That would be really important. Until they ask for more details. If they ask, you don't want to ignore it or try to fake them out. You certainly don't want to lie to them without putting them in trauma. Right. And you don't want to put them in a, in a situation where they don't think they can trust you based on what they're saying. So we tell them what you are, are, are doing to keep everyone in your family safe. We are here in our family, and that's the key issue, is are we safe? When you're talking a five-year-old, he wants to know, are we safe? Are these bad people going to come to our house? Well, we want them to know this is what we're doing to keep them safe. It helps kids feel empowered instead of helpless. That's a key factor. They know that we are in good shape. That's going to be very helpful. Children at this age are also just beginning to understand the nature of evil. And sometimes a person's evil choices harm others. So, you know, for some of the older folks, we could talk about God's given all of us our, a free will, where we can choose right from wrong. I believe he did that because he wanted us to, in our free will, choose him. But the enemies really messed with that. But God still cares for us, and he helps us through difficult times. I think one of the important pieces there would be that we try to put into words and talk about how do you think God feels because of these shootings? When we look at Scripture, the kingdom of God is likened unto little children. Clearly, this has got to have his attention, and it's got to hurt him to have that happen. And so we want that's, those are the kinds of things that we can pass on to our children. Now, as they get later in elementary, Right. Yeah, you know, they get up into the age where they were mostly impacted by these by the shootings. You know, what can we talk to them about? Well, so let's take ages nine to twelve. Some children in this age range can handle a mature conversation, while others still can't. Let your child determine the level of conversation. Your primary focus should be the events of what happened, not a large philosophical discussion. And again, it's going to boil down to. Are we safe? They're saying stay away from the philosophical discussion, but how do they? How does your child feel inside because this has happened? You want to get them to talk about it, maybe get their feelings out so you can get a read for on where they are. Yeah, that's very good. So when kids become more vocal in asking questions about personal safety, they may need reassurance about what is being done to keep them safe. Yet another theory... <laughs> When we talk about Maslow's 
hierarchy right. in his stages. It's based on, am I safe? And if that stage isn't met, the next stages following it are not going to be. Safety is also a prime candidate and focus in Erickson's eight stages. It's based on how safe does a young person feel in the relationship and the nurturing of significant caregivers. So safety, again, there it is. How safe are they? Have them express. It's got to be important that they talk about what they are curious about or what they fear. Because if we don't answer their questions, then somebody at school could answer them with a whole different mindset. Right. And that we really want to be concerned about. Pray together for victims as well as perpetrators. This helps children feel empowered rather than helpless. That's a really tough one. But man, if you're successful with that, and it's real easy because it didn't affect our family to say, man, what would our children learn about praying for those who have wronged us? That's critically important. But I don't think it's an appropriate discussion for those who are close to the families where this took place. Right. Now, when our kids get up in like junior high and high school, okay, what are we dealing with here? Because it can be a totally different discussion now because they're more self-aware, more aware of surroundings and situations, and they may have had to deal with some things, in, in, especially at the high school level. Definitely. So teens, by the time your children reach this age, they are forming their own opinions about issues. So if we bring in yet another theory. Oh, boy. <laughs> this Kohlberg's theory that he presented is on morality. By the time they're teens, they are actually beginning to develop their own worldview about moral issues. Consequently, we want to be careful what we do talk about there. So they're developing their own faith. They're developing their own questioning about what is going on in life. They're also developing their identity. Be willing to have deeper conversation. I think that's really important. Deeper conversation and to listen as they process events. When your teen doesn't want to talk about it, then the strategy I've always liked over the years is the third-party strategy. Say, well, what are your friends at school saying? What What do you think? What's What one really concerns you that you're, that you're hearing? Or which one, you know, sounds like it makes the most sense to you? So they're talking in the context of a friend, what a friend thinks, not necessarily what they are verbalizing that they feel, but the likelihood is that's how they feel. Because it's the one they hold on to and they can remember. Exactly. So what I'm kind of hearing here, Tom, is that if we can just simply let them ask the questions right. at whatever age and let them drive the conversation, right, and then we just have a little bit of knowledge of how to cut it off. Right. In such a way that we don't get into too much detail with the little ones. Right. Without, you know, scaring them. But at least it's starting the conversation. I think that's the key. And so how they feel about it, what have they heard about it, what is being said in their classroom or in their school may all be important things for them to to talk about. I don't think this is an isolated event in terms of how the schools try to prevent it and be ready for it. More so, I think it has to do with the children are being taught early on how to handle it. So that becomes a fair question, too. What is your school or what is your teacher saying about what are you supposed to do? So I'm here with Tom Russell this afternoon from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries, and we're kind of talking through 
how to deal with our children if they're asking questions about the shooting in Texas. And Tom, what are some things we should look for if, you know, our kids answer all the questions right and they seem to be okay, but what are some things that we might see if they're really not okay? Their behavior will change, very likely. Also, it's possible that their grades could drop, but even before their grades would drop, the potential that they may not be turning in homework, the potential that they were involved in an extracurricular, whether it be music or soccer, and all of a sudden they don't want to do it anymore. Those are all warning signals in the likelihood in this context that they could be devastated or reeling with it, that being one. But, but then I think also then, in general, not just in the context of violence, but those are warning signals we want to be aware of with our children on an ongoing basis. It's not all of a sudden that they are no longer Ivy League material. They're just Big Ten material. <laughs> <laughs> so it's something, we, it could be have been ongoing for some time, and that right. maybe this is just the, right. the straw that breaks the camel's back, so to speak. It's true. And so also at any time when there are warning signals like their grades drop off, they want to drop out of their activities, their music could change. Yeah, I could tell that in my friends when they went from the top 40 to the really dark rock. Yeah. Or the uh-huh. psychedelic rock back in my day. You know, that's when you knew something wasn't right, something had changed. Now, we want to empower you as parents to maybe be able to ask these questions, and maybe you find there's more going on than you can handle. Maybe they're starting to exhibit some of those signs. How right. could they maybe start a conversation with you that might lead to be able to get your child well, some help? I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. Tom, thanks for coming in on yes, short notice today. Absolutely. Our time is kind of limited here between Tom and I this afternoon. We're going to continue this conversation, and what I'm going to do is post our entire conversation as a bonus episode of the session on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. That way, at your leisure, when you have time, you can go back and catch all of our conversation as we talk through how to talk with your kids about this shooting. Look for it tonight on the podcast network at risefmohio.com.